Hello and welcome to the celebratory unnumbered episode of Dualistic Unity. I am you, but we'll be playing the part of Andrew in this episode that you're about to listen to. <laughs> I am also Andrew, though not identifying as Andrew. So I'll be playing the part of both of you with another voice for no good reason, because it's fun. This is a great episode we're going to share with everybody. And the reason we're sharing it is quite honestly, because it's been a year since Andrew and I had our first discussion. I'm very excited by this. I was just listening to this episode earlier today. We've come so very far in terms of our communication, getting to know each other, building our community, getting people involved. It's just been such a crazy journey. So I'm very excited to share this episode with everybody because I know they may not have heard it before. It certainly isn't on the Dualistic Unity social media or YouTube or anything, or at least it hasn't been until now. So yeah, it's kind of like going back in time. Yeah, and and to be clear, this was before dualistic unity was even a thing. I wasn't, I don't think it was until a couple of weeks after we filmed this, that you reached out and you're like, that conversation went pretty well. You want to, you want to start a podcast? So yeah, holy shit, we've come a long way, but it's crazy to think that's uh that's a, a year ago now. So uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Like I said, uh, i tossed out an invite on TikTok looking for people who would resonate with this kind of conversation. And I immediately assumed that it would be you because of your recent content. I actually wasn't following your content until uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And I've really enjoyed your focus on the recognition that you are not what you think you are. Yeah, it's been, it's been a recent sort of click for me. And it was it was for a week. It's kind of like settled down recently, but there was a week there that it was absolutely blowing my mind. And I've been sort of got into reading about, you know, spirituality, meditation related things uh, a few years ago. And I was talking about it, even had, has had this account and been posting content for a year related to it, almost like tiptoeing around it. And it wasn't until about a month ago around the time uh, I actually had a friend send me one of your videos, um, right. That's when I started following you. And it, he was like, this sounds a lot like what you've been talking about recently. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I started scrolling through your page and I was like, wow. All right. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And now awesome. we're talking on zoom, like a couple of weeks later, it's, it's wild. So. Right. Absolutely. And it, it's interesting because we're on completely different sides of the continent. We come from completely different stories. And yet for some reason, your state of mind required input in a way that necessitated me and, and vice versa, because admittedly I, I watch your content and it's inspiring because I, I'm not a young person anymore. Like I'm in my forties now. I, I woke up when I was just a little over 20. So I've been slugging it out for 20 years, talking to people and, and watching it fall on deaf ears, largely not, not just deaf ears, but hostile and angry ears. And now in the last five years, especially I'm noticing that the conversation is becoming more commonplace, not because anybody is encouraging it, but because people are coming into it, coming to it on their own mm -hmm. in the same way that Definitely. you did. All of a sudden it just clicks. And it's funny yeah. that you said, you know, for a month, it was just like, bam, it was there. And then for a week, it was even more intense. And then it kind of dies off and you get to apply all of those insights mm -hmm. or at least try to. And then all of a sudden, as you're starting to get your, your, uh, your stride back, you get hit with another week of intense insights. I, there's so many times in my life where I went, ah, now I'm getting it only to have that exact same moment a year later. It's like, right. I've been here before. It's always just getting it now. It's never, it, you're never achieving a state of clarity. You're either in it or you're not. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's because a lot of people ask, you know, how do you get there? And my response is you're there, you don't know it. And it's, it's an interesting thing because it's almost, I've had to kind of rework some of the ways that I communicate things. And I'm trying to balance between, because even just thinking about myself, like I've, I've been posting about these types of things and it still didn't click for me. So if it took that long after reading specific things and feeling like I kind of knew what was going on, like, oh yeah, the present moment's the only thing we have, but it still didn't. So it's like, if I was that close and still didn't click, then there's probably most people out there, like, aren't even to a point maybe that it would be able to resonate. And some, you know, I'll make one video that kind of hits and then one video that doesn't. Cause I think I found at least just content creator to content creator, like early on being able to resonate in a way with people and like match it to something they experience and then kind of move from there can help. Um, but I'm, you know, the past month, my, my goal out there, as you've probably seen with my videos is to, to get this through to people and as many different creative ways that I can. (laughs) Absolutely. It's been awesome to watch. I really enjoyed your video on, uh, taking offense because this Mm -hmm. is a point that, that I've made many times because I had to take it in myself. I had to come to the point where it's like, right. Yeah. I can get triggered because of my past. I can get triggered because of my narrative. I can hold this against the person, but they don't know any of that stuff. They just said something that they thought was the right thing to say based on what they understand. They don't know my story. They don't know my triggers, right? And so I really had to take responsibility for the fact that I was holding something against strangers that they had no way of, of dealing with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So eventually it's like, exactly. right, I'm just going to let it go. And, and that's mm-hmm. a process in itself. But it's interesting that you say that a lot of people aren't at the point where they can see that yet. And it's because we don't realize that there's something to see. I, I went through years of, of exploring, you know, Buddhism and Taoism and, and uh, Sufism and all this other stuff. And it's like you're you're reading about concepts, but not getting the truth because you're still translating it through how you see yourself. So you're like, oh, that makes me feel good. Oh, I don't like that. That doesn't make me feel good. But it's always in relation to how you fit into the world until you realize, oh, it's just about me. Yeah, That's and it. exactly. And you mentioned all of those you know, like the, the pointers and, you know, the representations of the truth. And I listen to a lot of Alan Watts. I'm a big fan of his. And he, he talks about the ideas that like, you know, the word tree is not a tree, you know, a picture of an experience is not the experience. And yet that's sort of how, I don't know if we've begun to live more that way, or, or it's kind of been the same like that forever, but it's, it's this idea that everything is a pointer to the truth. And so if you're able to find someone that's able to, you know, like a quote unquote spiritual teacher, that's able to resonate with you, it doesn't mean it's going to resonate with everyone. And it's about finding the people that you're able to resonate that can communicate that in different ways. So there is no, you know, like perfect yep. ideal person, even Absolutely. though a lot of people, you know, that's what kind of religions are based off of, I guess, for the most attachment, part, but right. It's the attachment to one teacher and, and, that's easy when, when you feel lost and afraid, you, you want to find somebody who seems to know what they're doing and, and you want to follow them because it's just easier to do that. And, and one of the reasons I really like Krishnamurti was that when they wanted to announce he was the world teacher, the reincarnation of Buddha, that, that he had hundreds of thousands of people ready to follow him. And he went up and he said, well, as my first act as the leader of the order of the star, I'm disbanding the order of the star. You don't need a Messiah. You need to be responsible. And that was it. He gave up the chance to be a spiritual leader, as it were, because he recognized that that was the problem. Mm -hmm. 
right? Oh, it's like, you're not going to get it until you take responsibility. You're not going to get it until you're willing to fall on your own and pick yourself up. And our culture is all about the avoidance of that. It's about, no, no, we got this. Don't worry. We'll, we'll protect you from that. We'll protect you from this. Don't worry. You're insured against that. You know, the road signs are obviously in your favor and, and so on and so forth. And so you get this sense of control that mm -hmm. never brings you back to that state of, of humility where you mm -hmm. recognize, oh, all I've got is here. All I've got is influence. And if I'm carrying an illusion, I don't even have that. Mm -hmm. Like taking, taking responsibility for everything that happens to you in your life. And it's like this reliance on outside sources to show you the way. And it's like using that as a crutch that, and it's, it's easier. And I think that's why, you know, things like Catholicism, Christianity, all of these religions are so prevalent that it's human nature to want to rely on things like that and feel the sense of safety and security. And I've actually been dealing with that a little bit with myself. Like I'm, I'm on the brink of, you know, I want to do, I really enjoy creating content. I still have a full-time job. And it's almost like, I like the security of that, knowing that every two weeks I'm going to continue getting money in. And I still am able to do all this stuff. I make time for all this stuff because it's what I really enjoy. So it doesn't, it's never felt like work ever creating a video. And it's like, you know, when I hit uh, 500,000 followers, a lot of people are like, wow, that's amazing. Like you've done so much work, put so much time in, like how much work a week do you do for this? And I, those ideas, like they never even crossed my mind. I don't how even many know put into this? Like, I don't know. I film a video here, film a video there. Like it's never, ever felt difficult. And even, you know, creating a podcast, whatever, all of those things, like it's been very easy. So going back, like, I feel like I'm sort of at a point I'm close to, to just shifting and, you know, but part of me is like, I want to know that I can start making enough money that I feel safe. And then instead of just making the jump. So I'm at a point in my life right now where I feel this sort of transitional, you know, build up and I just have to do it at some point. But honestly, like it's, it's something I've been struggling with a little bit recently. Yeah. Well, and there's no way, there's no way to get that sense of certainty. We can convince ourselves that we have that sense of certainty. We can look at the past and go, oh, well, you know, looking at my performance in the past, that means this might happen. You know, we can look at you know, all of the considerations for the future that we're aware of and we can try and take a guess, but we really just we don't know. It's just about mm -hmm. making a decision and rolling with the result. And that comes down to, to faith in yourself, right? But occasionally, it requires us to, to face the idea of giving up all of our comfort in order to have radical change. And that's, mm -hmm. that's always a tricky decision. It's, it's, it's one that you can't screw up unless you start in unless you avoid it. Exactly, right? You can put it off for a like, while, like most things, <laughs> any, <laughs> any fear, really. <laughs> Is, that's it right once you jump in i mean everything everything can go backwards and you will still mm -hmm. come out the other end at some point and you'll do it again you'll try it again mm -hmm. because yeah. we always get to that point if we are aware of our of our comforts or if we're aware of our restrictions of the limitations we're holding on to ourselves. there was somebody mm -hmm. i spoke to a couple of weeks ago she made a tiktok video and she was crying and, and i hate those videos because immediately it's like right i've been there i don't like that so i reached out and it was very much I know what I have to do, but I'm afraid of who I'll be if I'm not thinking about who I am right now. And say, like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly the point, right? But the less you think about who you are while you go through that leap, the easier the landing is. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, I've been taught, I guess, a lot about that recently, just the understanding that it's, it's all we have truly, like all there ever is and all we ever are is this 
exact moment. And it's not that like we exist within, or we do exist within the moment, which is us, everything with, exists within it. It's not, you know, the, the ticker on the clock, it's, it's that which the clock exists within almost. And it's, it's been interesting because I feel like that's just, just where, where all of my, at least anxiety and, and worry comes from. I mean, that's kind of the definition is just Time. where, where I'll be. Yeah. Time control identity. It's all the same illusion. It's all the same mm -hmm. illusion of division, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's the conceptual world as opposed to the real world, which is kind of a funny statement because when you really look at the real world, that doesn't really mean anything. Cause you can say, well, I'm in the universe, but I'm only aware of the universe from the inside of my awareness. So I'm really not in or out of anything. There is no inner internal or external. It mm -hmm. just is right. And, and that's, that's where I always have fun with conversations, particularly with spiritual people and religious people, because we so desperately want to give it a name. We so desperately want to conceptualize it, its source or its Christ consciousness or its God. And, and it's like, well, those are all wonderful words that really don't mean anything unless you've had the recognition that drove the, the, the creation of those words to begin with, right? Like in, in Catholicism, it's Yahweh. God is the name of God is Yahweh. Well, it took me years to realize that means ineffable. Literally, it means you can't say what the name is. It's like, well, mm -hmm. you could have just said that to begin with, you know, <laughs> that we can't actually give it a name. Why am I calling it mm -hmm. God, right? It's the Tao that can't be told. It's like, we could have these conversations earlier than university. You know, we can, we can start talking with kids about mm -hmm. this in like high school where it's important. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think with, with the ineffable, do you think it's something like, and I was actually talking to one of my friends about this because I was staying, I was looking for apartments last week in New York and I was staying on his couch and he had a bunch of questions, but he was my old roommate. Um, and he had a bunch of questions just about what I had been posting about recently. And we went back and forth a lot. And I, I love when people ask me questions about this stuff. Cause I don't, I don't have all the answers to every question. I was like, honestly, great question. I don't know. Um, and he's very, very cerebral. And we got to a point that like, you know, why, you know, why is, everything. Like, why is the universe happening? Why are we here? Et cetera. And like, my response was, I, I don't know, but it seems like just to experience just to experience form, but I don't know. And I think it may be that we are, you know, existing in like three-dimensional forms existing in a four-dimensional universe. And in order to understand what's, you know, beyond that, it's like, we're almost not in a dimension where we can even comprehend why and and there's nothing there's no amount of words or ideas that we can express there's no way to express it and like the essence of it and why and i was we kind of that's kind of how the conversation ended and it was like 1 a.m by that point so we were like both real tired but yeah it's uh it's it's very interesting and i i don't get in too deep into that too often because it's kind of like where where do you even go like well that's it it doesn't go anywhere and mm -hmm. and some people will avoid the conversation for that point but i always say that recognition is its own point every time we have a moment where we have that that insight that's just a layer deeper we have changed our perspective on everything has changed even if it's just by a little bit and that changes our experience going forward. So the conversations may not ever get to a point where it's like, yes, everything's one now because we've talked to it. They talked it to that point. But every time we have that recognition that we've invested in another illusion, that we're still committing to something that's not real or that just makes us comfortable, it changes the field of play. It changes 
how we perceive everything. And that gets closer to the next insight, right? So those conversations are a lot of fun. What really frustrated me when I started having those conversations is that there is no why, right? And you'll notice in my old videos from 2005, I was saying like, we chose to come here to avoid the responsibility of being unity. We, we chose to come here for experience. And the problem was in back in 2005, I was still, I think I was 24 or something. And I was still looking at it from the perspective of me, from what I would do as a human being, from, from my body, from my choice. It's not, there is no why so much as existence is. If there was no existence, there would be nothing. So existence always is. It's always existence because otherwise, what are we talking about? But in existence, there's no duality. Existence is just what is. But everything that could exist within what is, and because what is is limitless, there's no definitions, there's no borders, there's nothing. It's just what is. Everything in duality between one side and the other is potentially possible in what is. And we all experience the potential. We experience the potential of being and we feel it is real because of course the imagination of reality is reality. Mm -hmm. Right. So is that, is that you think what we're doing here is just all of the potential permutations is basically what we're doing. That's the entirety of time and space everywhere in the universe is every possible story that could exist from the microscopic to the macroscopic, right. From DNA onward to, to large lumbering giants in some far off universe, everything we can imagine must and can exist somewhere at some time within what is. And that's why the universe is so big is because there's so many things. And then this is just one timeline. But if we look at eternity, eternity is a timeline that never ends. So even our 16.4 billion years that we think this universe is, has gone and been and gone and been numerous, numerous, numerous times because it's eternity, right? So every variation of what we're existing in exists within now, we exist within time and it's all now, all the time. Every time there's an aware person or every time there's an observer, that's the universe coming down to a single point of experience. And that's what we are. It's crazy. Right. And that's where if somebody says, well, well, do we have free will? It's like, you absolutely have free will. That's, that's the point. This is our free will. The world we've created right now is the accumulation of our free will over time. And we've been investing in illusions, which is why this is where we are. So, so it's almost like with the illusion aspect of it, like we sort of created the illusion to experience it. Yep, absolutely. In, in order to find our way past it. And it's the same with, um, so Jane Lovinger in the fifties, she was a developmental psychologist. She came up with the stages of ego development. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know this when I made those videos back in 2005, because I wasn't a parent at that point, but it's true. We, we go through the phase of being unity. We come into the world. We still think we're one, which is why when our parents leave the room, we assume they stop existing. We don't see a separation between us and reality, right? We don't Mm -hmm. understand, oh, there's the perception of division here. And so we start to learn that. And then as we start to learn that, we start to learn concepts to describe the division. And we get so lost in that by the time we're 10 years old that we forget we used to see everything as one. Mm -hmm. And so then we have to go through all of that feeling of being lost and confused and gain some context, some understanding of the environment we're in. And if we do it and we pay close enough attention, we can come back to the recognition that we're one before we die, because there's no choice. We're eventually going back to the recognition that we're one, one way or another, whether it's alive or dead, but we can do it here. Absolutely. And that's what every spiritual teacher throughout our history that we, we hold up in esteem has ever been saying is that you can do it too. Mm-hmm. So with, 
with this return. So up until 10, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in, you know, subconscious understanding and brainwave states and, and theta and whatnot. And it seems like going through up until around 10, we're mostly in theta. Is that sort of the transitional process from believing we're one to believing we're yeah. separate almost? Well, we, and then by the time we hit that age, it's, it's kind of solidified in there. And then we have the subconscious, we have the internal dialogue, we have- We have the concept of, of division. Right. And mm-hmm. so now we're experiencing our projection of that division. We're experiencing all of our ideas of that division, which is why our brain slows down. Concepts are like the weirdest and slowest way to think when we're, when we're really processing, we're not talking to ourselves at all. Right? You can feel mm-hmm. your brain just kicking and it's not about you going, Oh, maybe this, no, maybe this, it's just, it's just feeding through the information. We're not in the way whatsoever. And mm-hmm. that that's what we have to work through. My daughter's 14 right now. And so in the last year, I have definitely seen her suddenly becoming more aware of her internal dialogue of the dialogue that has accumulated over time without her even noticing it because she got familiar with concepts because she started living in this world of ideas and labels and language. Eventually we forget that that was something we learned. We actually Mm -hmm. think we were born with concepts. This is why it always bothers me when people say, Oh, well, greed is human nature. It's like, no, 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 no. That's something we learned as a result of the illusion that we invested in. Greed is a result of division. It's not human nature. We just say that so we can keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, more, more for me and, and whatnot. And so, cause I've been, t- I have been talking to some of my friends, they've been curious about these types of things. And when I was out with some last weekend, we got into an expressive conversation about this idea that I was basically telling my friend Daniel that he's, he's not actually Daniel. And he was like, what are you talking about? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm Daniel right here. Like, this is it. I can't, I can't become you. And this idea that like, I'm not the human I've been conditioned to believe that I am, but yet people say like, I'm stuck in this body or I'm confined to this body, or I can't just become something else magically. And And I was like, I had some responses, but I couldn't quite, you know, this idea that, you know, we're not the human we've been conditioned, like we're more so the awareness, the awareness of them and their environment equally more or less. And so it it was kind of tough for me to, to respond to like, you can't leave your body, leave your body. And it's, it's not that I know, I understand that like the awareness doesn't exist within the body, the body more so exists within the awareness, but it's still like how, how do you you get that across? Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand for sure. And, and it's tricky because somebody's ability to recognize what you're saying is always going to be limited by who they think they are. So as soon as they're invested in the idea that what I think I am is the truth, they can't see what you're saying because you're talking about awareness without self-definition. You're talking about Mm -hmm. just the simple property of I exist. And, And most people don't, see things that uh, that simplistically they still think well no i i went through school and this is the job i have and this is my family name and this is my history and this is the narrative that's who i am and and that's why they're afraid of death ultimately is because they think the end of the narrative is the end of them and anybody who realizes they're not their narrative stops fearing death right it's mm-hmm. like the gospel of thomas uh, jesus says you know whoever gets this will never taste death and, and that's all he was saying is like if you understand what i'm saying you never have any, anything to worry about at all, right? Mm-hmm. But then people who look at them as, as what they think they are, they, they will go, oh, that means I'm going to carry on in eternal life, this character, this story, my preferences, my opinions. It's like, that's not what he's saying. That's not it, right? So mm-hmm. we're having a conversation with somebody who's 
talking to you as an idea and you're talking to them about reality. So it's like, well, why am I stuck in this body? It's like, mm, what do you mean by me? What do you mean by why am I stuck in this body? Because if you're saying awareness, you're not. You're in all bodies all the time. But whether you're talking about what you're aware of right now, that really comes down to what you're willing to, to limit yourself to. Because you can sit in a state of, of awareness or meditation or psychedelic bliss, whatever you'd like to say it, and literally experience all kinds of different lives. I mean, Buddha did that. He closed his eyes for a second and said, I just experienced a thousand lives. And that was the point is that they're all within our awareness. You don't have to leave your body. You're not in your body, right? The, the mm -hmm. body is just a perception. It's an experience. I'm not even convinced everything's physical, honestly, because it's not. When we look deeply enough at it, it's just vibrating goop. It's just mm -hmm. energy moving around. And that's no different than how I would perceive it in a completely lucid dream. I would perceive it as an extension of myself. So we get really caught up in this idea, like I'm stuck in my body. It's like, no, that's just an experience. You know, as soon as you close your eyes, as soon as you go to sleep, that's no longer true. Mm -hmm. Right. So who are you if you're not your body? And it's just, yeah. you're just aware. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard and to get across. It is. Yeah. Because another comeback that I get is, well, I can, you know, move this body. And if someone hits me, I feel pain and I, can, you know, have an internal dialogue. Like I can hear the thoughts inside of Andrew's head, but mm -hmm. you can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and I, I always like bringing it back to the, to the body in this way. Every cell in your body, every organ has its own individual purpose, its own individual experience. Yet we don't walk around introducing ourselves as a billion cells. We introduce ourselves as me, right? So the perspective of separation doesn't mean separation exists. It just means that it's a perception of separation. Like if, I'm influencing everybody I talk to and they're all influencing me. Where's the dividing line? Mm -hmm. Right. I could say, Oh, well, I see physical distance. It's like you, you perceive physical distance, but we know that oxygen isn't empty space. That oxygen is in fact, just energy moving. We know that all the oxygen permeates your body and my body, all the moisture in the air does the same. Everything is connecting everyone. We just perceive separation. And because we can perceive ourselves, we assume that that self is separate from all the other selves. Mm -hmm. there's the paradox right but yeah I, I really enjoy the whole everything in your body perceives itself as separate but you still call yourself you mm -hmm. right it's just a yeah. perspective thing i like i saw i saw your video recently that spoke on that the the idea that everything in the universe you know we call it the universe and everything you know all the cells that make up andrew's body i label as andrew but it's still individual and each of us we label as individual, but it's still all the universe, like all of the cells of our body, except with the universe, we call it the universe. And with us, we label it separately. That's right. Cause we want control. We like the mm -hmm. idea of control. And so we invest in the idea of division because it gives us the idea of control. As soon as we start realizing we're connected, all we have is influence. And that doesn't have the same egotistical payoff. You can't invest in influence because you have to be present for influence, right? Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, you can't, a mass an armada of influence. It has to be where you are right now, right? Mm -hmm. You can, you can amass types of control, but they will eventually fail, or at least you will always become afraid that they will fail. So you're better off with influence, you know, dance in the moment. That's where, that's where the tune is playing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And so with, when you speak on death, do you fear death? No, not at no. All. And I know because I, I, I've, uh, I've been there often enough. Mm-hmm. And I've had more than a few times where I've died. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not something I'm afraid of. And, and mostly because 
I don't see myself as my character. I don't see myself as, as this body. I, I recognize that I'm working through this body and that this character is, is my experience. And I really enjoy that, but I'm well aware of the fact that everybody has awareness. Everything that, that is, is awareness. And that's all I am is an expression of that. So mm-hmm. when this character dies, it's just going to die. And what's funny about that, everybody's like, well, what happens after? It's like, there is no after. After is, is an illusion that, that's tied to the body, right? When this body dies, I'm still everybody. I'm still everybody everywhere, all the time, forever. I don't even notice this body die outside of the process of, of the illusion ending, right? And then mm-hmm. I'm just back to being you. So when this body keels over, I'm going to be too busy being you to even notice. Right? Yeah, yeah. And... I feel like I can see myself having this conversation. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm understanding what you're saying for sure. And like trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. So with me versus, or Andrew, <laughs> um, versus someone, you know, in Germany right now, like that is, that is me, but I am not aware of their immediate environment presently i'm aware of andrew and his environment presently but i'm still them yes and and admittedly would you want that any other way because being you is a full-time job like Mm -hmm. there is there is a a limitless universe of insight within your awareness alone right let's focus Mm -hmm. on that we keep wanting to tie into the other people's narratives and we do that sometimes we like and I've said this before that people say telepathy is an extraordinary ability, but it, telepathy is what exists when we get out of the way. It's the norm. It's actually how we communicate, which is why somebody can say certain words to you that don't mean what somebody else may get out of that sentence. And you take it a totally different way. And it's because of the communication at the time. It's because if there is more communication happening under the words than we give credit for. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, telepathy like- is, is one of those things that, we were like, oh, it's a superpower. It's like, no, it's just that we're so committed to this idea of division that we've covered it up with words and language because it gives us the ability to lie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that relates a little bit to you know body language and just like every other way that we communicate besides language and words. And I've been I've been thinking about that a little bit and trying to figure out a way to make a video expressing how your th- like your thoughts can't be you because there's, you know, however many languages out there and you've never thought a thought that's not a language you don't understand. And so how could it, cause like the tree isn't the word tree, it's a tree. And yet the only word you would ever hear if you're thinking about it is tree in the language that you understand. And I'm like, I'm not close. I know when I'm close to understand, like, getting close to like making a video, being able to express a concept like that. And I'm not there. And I usually just leave them be when I, when I'm thinking about it and eventually it comes. Um, But yeah, it's that idea that you've never thought a thought in a language that you don't understand. So how could there, the thoughts be you besides the perception of, you know, your, your conditioned experiences in that way totally because you used to think before without language right we learned to mm -hmm. think without language i one of the most Mm -hmm. mind-blowing parts of after my daughter was born was i was watching her in the crib and she was looking at her hand and she was trying to figure out how to move one digit at a time and it just Mm -hmm. blew me away the amount of 
of my own journey since going through that experience that I just take for granted. The fact that I was, I was so raw to the world that I couldn't move my hands in a uniform mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Now I'm in my forties and I don't even remember having that memory. So it, we mm -hmm. go through so many stages of development okay. and, and it's so interesting, but originally there's no concepts, there's no language. We learn that over time. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. So I, I, I love the fact that you're trying to circle around that because I go through the same thing. I, I will, I'll have an insight and I'll go, Ooh, that'd be a good one to share. And I'll, I'll look at it and I'll go, yeah, it's still pretty messy. I'm just going to leave mm -hmm. that in there for a bit. And then a couple of days later, maybe a week, it'll come back. It'll just pop into my head, but it will, it will have polished up a bit. <laughs> right. It's, it's mm -hmm. distilled a little bit. And then even then sometimes it doesn't feel right. And so when it's meant to happen, it will. And mm -hmm. that's more or less the way I, I think about it now. Cause I used to, so when I had my YouTube channel back in 2005, I used to, really beat myself up about not being able to deliver a clearer message. And then as I got better at delivering my message, I started getting people who were like, Oh God, you know, what is he going to say next? I got to follow him. And it made me super uncomfortable because it was still about me. And so I, I left social media videos as a whole for like 10 years. I, I just needed to get away and understand why I was doing what I was doing and that I wasn't trying to get anywhere as a result. And that's what I enjoy about the TikToks I make now. It's I'm just throwing seeds all I'm doing. And, and if mm -hmm. somebody catches it, if somebody wants to, to use that seed and grow, cool, that's great. But I don't, I don't have any investment in the end result because at the end of the day, everything's going to work out perfectly. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's something I've been through a countless number of ups and downs since I really just started posting content uh, really at all, besides having my own personal Instagram where I, you know, post random pictures every couple months, um, last year, last July, um, I was basically sort of compelled to, it was a, some feeling inside of me. Um, I made a video about it, but basically the way things started for me was I would go through every morning, this, this process along with my meditation and my whole morning routine of imagining that I'm a hundred years old that I'm very old and thinking about what I regret about my life. Like really like spending a few minutes, just like imagining being wrinkly, my, my heart's beating slower. I'm in a nursing home or whatever. And just thinking back, what do I regret about my life? And for over a year, maybe close to two years before I started posting content, the thing that came up was I wish I regret not creating more content. And I, did that literally every morning for a year and a half. And the reasons that I didn't was what I think a lot of people, the reason that a lot of people don't like the fear of judgment, the fear of failure and whatnot. And finally got to a point last July and I was like, you know, fuck it. I, yep. I gotta, gotta do it. And I, yep. I made a YouTube video. I, uh, the intro for it. I had some friends say like, I need some more funny stuff in it. I made an intro. It was a skit from dodgeball post that on TikTok. that yes. went viral. And that was kind of it, but it was, it, it started with that. And ever since there, there have been what I've started with was it's been a lot of up and ups and downs definitely. And trying to figure out, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, mathematically sort of driven. That's naturally how I grew up with school. That's what I did best in for the most part. So trying to figure out, you know, formulas to posting and whatnot. And I sort of got into one last fall, uh, around Thanksgiving. I think I was around 40,000 followers then. 
And I made this commitment that I was going to post one video every day and go live for at least 10 minutes every day. And it, it worked great. I built up, I posted one every day, basically from then until maybe the end of March. So a good amount of months. And, um, I found that I got to a point that it was just a little bit too, too much. And I found that I was, I wasn't doing it freely and enjoyably. It was more so a chore. And because I can be fairly disciplined, it was almost like I was letting myself down. If I didn't post one and I felt bad as much as it helped, I think I grew to maybe 170,000 followers at that point. And I wasn't thinking about, you know, how many likes or views or whatever. So I sort of got crossed that bridge because that's what I was focused on before. And then I crossed over on that. And it's like, I had goals that weren't within my control. And then I shifted to goals within my control, posting consistently going live. And then it got to a point that it was, it was too much. I felt like I wasn't, you know, I was talking about being present and I wasn't being present in my own life. I was focused on that. And so I took some time off. And when I came back, I just posted freely. And then things kind of took off after that. And now I'm in a better place of kind of like not worrying about, although it comes up sometimes the likes and followers and whatnot. Um, but also not being too rigid with myself and just allowing the video ideas to kind of happen fluidly and trusting that they will, even if it doesn't happen for a week in a row, you know, that's, that's okay. There's. That's funny. I just went through that phase in July. There was, there was about a month there. I just didn't make any videos. And my daughter, who who recognized that ever since she got me on a TikTok in December, I, I've been just kind of feeding in insights like a fiend. She's like, "Well, you know, don't don't you don't you shouldn't you go and tell your 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 followers? Shouldn't you you know keep up?" And it's like, "No, no, they all like they have lives and they'll, they'll figure it out, right? Like I, I have other things to do." And then I don't I don't feel bad about that because I'm not I'm not trying to claim to be a teacher, right? I'm just putting content out there that I'm enthusiastic about that I'm. I'm thinking about myself. It's important to me. That's why I'm making it. I'm not making it for the sake of getting followers. I'm not making it for the sake of changing anybody's life because I know I can't. That's the thing. I know I cannot change anybody. All I can do is give them the opportunity to change by not needing anything from them. And, and that's, that's tricky. That took me a long time to get. And, and it really helped that I practiced it in life coaching for a number of years because in a life coaching, in a life coaching session, if I go in there with my baggage, if I'm trying to get anything out of the session, like, oh, I'm such a good life coach, blah, blah, blah. It just goes to crap. It, it just doesn't work. It's all of a sudden it's about me. But if I go into a session and leave me at the door, so that way all I'm doing is sharing the space and allowing my awareness to respond accordingly as it feels is necessary, that person leaves feeling like they have changed rather than I changed them. And mm-hmm. that sticks that sticks way more than anything else, which is why I kind of cringe when I see spiritual teachers saying, you know, like, just got to follow these four truths, or you just got to follow these 10 commandments. It's like, uh, you know, the more you make a structure, the harder it is for people to, to develop that sensitivity in the moment where they're relying on themselves, they're relying on their own awareness, they're always going to look back at, oh, is this compassionate? Is this, you know, the rule number three to mindfulness, and it's like, you're, you're leaving mindfulness as a result of trying to be mindful. And so it's that paradoxical kick in the teeth again, where it's like, right, the best thing I can do is just be myself. Mm-hmm. That's hard to get, right? Because you, yeah. you, if you don't believe in yourself, you're like, well, sh- certainly I have to package this up a bit. Certainly I have to, you know, wrap it up in something pretty so it, it's, it's easier for people to take. I've had so many people comment on my videos 
you know, you get more of a following if you had better lighting, you know, you get you know, more of a following if, if you put more production value. It's like, you obviously aren't getting why I'm doing this because <laughs> it ain't that. I, I know, I know I could put uh, production value into videos. Uh, I don't know if you watched that, that 48 minute video I put on YouTube, Discover Transcendence. I created um, that like I two years ago. It's it's uh-huh. massive and it's all just, you know, stock photos and, and stock video clips and stuff with this nice background music. It's It looks solid. Like it, I, I was just bored and I figured, well, why the hell not? So I wrote a script in about a month and I, and I just made this video. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know I can put more time into it. But like you were saying, it's like it almost gets to the point where it becomes a chore mm-hmm. instead of just an expression of who I am. And I would prefer it to be the expression. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's why I love your content. I, I've really enjoyed your content. It's funny. Every once in a while, I'll see a video of yours and I'll just run over to my wife like, you've got to see this. <laughs> because we both recognize that fire. We both recognize when somebody has had that moment of clarity and it's driving them because that's what it is. There, there are people who are seeking to feel better. And then there are people who realize that's not something that works. I can't just feel better. I have to be here and that will start to feel free. But mm-hmm there is a distinct difference between people who are looking for comfort and people who are looking for clarity and you can see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely something I go back and forth with for sure. Like even, even getting to this point now, like, you know, about a month ago when this clicked despite, and it's funny, like that I've been, I've had an account that's at first my account was not, you know, niche by any means. I was all over the place. I'm interested. And even now my YouTube account, like I'll post, recipe videos, I'll post, you know, fitness videos, I'll post vlogs, whatever. And I have some friends, you know, giving me their insight and they don't have, they don't post content. So I'm like, you know, I'll take it with a grain of salt. I'll, I'll listen to them for sure. I won't like be an asshole or anything, but I'll, I'll say like, and they'll be like, well, you know, who, who, who are you trying to be? Are you trying to be, you know, Greg Doucette, who's a YouTube fitness guy, or are you trying to be Eckhart Tolle? And I was like, I'm trying to be Andrew Renee, like, or yeah, you know, Absolutely. in that way that it's like, I don't, if I niche down to a very specific thing, it takes the enjoyment out of it. These are my channels. They're labeled with, they're labeled Andrew Renee and I don't have, you know, some other label or some thing even in my bio that's like fitness, food, you know, vlogs, whatever, you know, it's just like it, I've kept away from that. And because I think that if I did, it would take some of the joy out of it. And the idea that I have all of these platforms now that I'm able to share whatever I'm feeling and however I'm feeling, it's very freeing. And even if, and I understand that if I, you know, niche down, maybe I'd be able to grow more quickly for the most part. People on, mm-hmm. you know, TikTok, they follow someone for a specific reason. It's not necessarily that they follow the person. They follow what they can get out of their content that helps them in a very specific way. And and I just, I don't think there's any really good reason to do that as it relates to my life and enjoyment and mm-hmm. whatnot. And and so I, I don't think I, I don't ever see myself doing that, That's but it, awesome. it's interesting, um, you know, that it's kind of, there are a lot of people out there who think it would be a better idea for me to do that. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, because it's like, why aren't you just following the formula? Look what everybody else is doing. And they're obviously mm-hmm. successful. Look how happy they are. <laughs> and, and, and that's it, is that when you start to gain awareness, you start embracing what I call nonlinear learning where everything's a lesson. 
everything's an opportunity to have another insight, every experience you have. And I've done so many different jobs from, from digging ditches to, to running a sign shop to, to pretty much everything. I've been everywhere. And in every one of those experiences, I changed. Every one of those experiences taught me something new about myself. And so now I'm, I'm older and people who judge me back in my 20s, like, oh, look at the path you take, you're taking now. How is this going to end up anywhere? And it's like, actually, I'm, I'm doing quite well. You know, years later, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but it did. It did turn out. It turned out in the way that was an expression of me because I didn't just try to copy someone else. And so now I have my life, which is what makes me happy. Right. And that's the whole point is that you can try and copy other people. You can try and, and live up to what other people say makes them happy. But it's important to remember that our perspective of somebody saying they're happy isn't proof that they're happy. Right. Everybody, regardless of how rich or poor, uh, poor we are, ends up sitting on the toilet in the middle of the night doubting their choices. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone has that experience at some point of being alone and in doubt. So it's, it, there is no difference in our potential according to how much money we have or, or what we do. It's really about what we do with our moments. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I love your, your, your content is because you are all over the place, but it's all an expression of you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that was one of the things that I decided early on. And, and there's been some people that I've followed for years that have kind of talked about this idea of you know, being, staying true to yourself and, and being true to yourself. And I've talked about it. And it was something early on that I, I committed to fully because it it just it doesn't make any sense. And I've talked to some friends who post content too, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I want to get into YouTube, but I don't know if if people are going to resonate. Like, I feel like I have to be more expressive and whatnot." And I'm like, "So, so let's go through that scenario. You start by being more expressive. You build, you know, you build a couple thousand subscribers, and then." you continue being expressive and, and things are going pretty well. They're really enjoying how expressive you are all the time. Mm-hmm. They love that you're expressive in all of your videos. And then it gets to a point, you know, maybe you get 10,000, maybe get up to a hundred thousand followers and you grow this crazy page. And all of a sudden, all of these people are following this idea of you that you're not. And eventually you break. And I think that's what so many people dealing with things like depression and anxiety deal with is, is that they have been wearing this mask their entire lives, trying to be something for the world and for others. And the best way, truly the best way to, you know, avoid that and, and be able to exist in this world without as many of those feelings is to be yourself fully, truly all the time and everywhere, because there is no, you can do no wrong. You know, you're worried about your performance on, whatever on in sports on, you know, a podcast on zoom call like this. And it's like, you're worried about, you know, messing up or whatever. And it's like, if you're truly yourself, even if you, you know, stumble on your words or forget what you're saying, it's like, if you're truly being yourself. Like there is no messing up. There is, you can do no wrong. So, you know, someone saying like, Oh, I should, you know, be more expressive because I'm making a YouTube page. It's like, I don't think that's what you want to do. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly it. That, that, absolutely. Well, it's, people tend to comment like, oh, you're so eloquent. It's like, no, I've just screwed up what I'm saying so many times that I, I'm well versed with how I do that. Like I'm an expert in screwing up, which is how I can avoid screwing up. But I had to accept. Yeah. Occasionally I'm wearing the smart ass hat and occasionally I'm wearing the dumbass hat and that's okay. Like there is nothing wrong with making a mistake. There's nothing wrong with stumbling if it teaches you how to walk better. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And I think becoming something that, cause I still even, 
you know, less so now through just experiencing more, you know, situations like this, speaking with you, but even like, I'll be the guest on a podcast and I'll, I'll get like a little bit nervous before. And, and it's the, this idea of becoming comfortable with not knowing and just becoming comfortable with not having the answer and being okay with, with not doing great. And people will say that to me too, like you're so well-spoken and it's like, I spent years being afraid of public speaking and speaking on in situations like this. And I just got to a point that I became okay with being scared of it and do, choosing to do it and not letting my feelings and emotions dictate my actions and doing it anyway and doing it anyway and doing it anyway and doing it anyway to the point that now it's like it's become this background sort of hum and now I have the experiences of doing it, you know, going live on TikTok probably thousands of times, being the guest on, you know, 10, 12 podcasts now, having my own podcast. And it's like, it's just through the experience, but it's it's not that I don't feel those things ever anymore. I still do for sure, but I don't let them dictate. And I know that it's okay. It's part of, you know, the human experience, part of the, you know, illusion of separateness that we decided to do is is these feelings absolutely and and it comes to back down to just responsibility for that right clarity it's just mm -hmm. okay I'm, this is where i am this is what i'm doing right now and and this mm -hmm. is what i'm going to be in but when we try to dodge that when we try to get an idea of what's happening we immediately falter but what's interesting is that you were saying that the more we do it the easier it gets. And that's true because every time we make a leap of faith and we roll with it, no matter how badly we might roll with it, it reinforces the idea, oh, I can do that. That's something I can do. Whether I did it well or not, I'm still here. And to me, that's the bar. I'm still here. I'm a success. That's, that's as far as it goes Definitely. with me, right? Yeah. I'm still here, which means anything's possible from here on. But it's true. Often we'll look at people who who do have this, this skill down, the skill of insight or the skill to just swallow their fear and continue on despite it. It's like that, that expression that courage is not the absence of fear. It's continuing on despite it, right? But we'll see that and then we'll go, oh, well, that must be easy for them. It's like, nope, it's not. They've just had more practice. Yeah, my wife will say that to me every once in a while. It's like, well, it must be easy for you to, to ignore people's judgment. It's like, no, it's just I've done it so many times that it's almost reflexive. Mm -hmm. right it's it's Definitely. that it's just like that now where mm -hmm. for years it was reminding myself they don't see me or reminding myself they don't know me or reminding myself oh i actually don't know what they're thinking either and it's always just deprogramming the sense of certainty mm -hmm. right but it's over years and years and years it, it's Definitely. it's like every uh, insight is a skill i always say this but insight is like an infinite onion every time you have an insight there's another layer that's right after it and you'll be back to it soon so just just mm -hmm. wait yeah, definitely. Yeah. But there's been times when you said just like doing it over and over with, you know, dealing with judgment and both of us being on social media, there's it's flooded with that. And I've had times even it's been kind of interesting an interesting experience. Cause like I'll respond to some comments. I've gotten much better about just leaving them and not giving them the energy um, as difficult as that can be sometimes. Uh, and I'll have someone who it's seemingly a sarcastic or negative comment and I'll respond not in a hateful way, just respond. And they'll say something. Sometimes it'll be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't think you would respond. I love your content, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are you posting this? Or, or they'll say, I didn't, I didn't actually mean any hate by that. Like, you know, I, I meant this, 
blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it came off the wrong way. And it's interesting how many times that's happened. And it's just been kind of funny realizing that and seeing that. For sure. Well, and especially, and that's the practice. That's one of the reasons that I I do like TikTok because I avoided TikTok forever. It was my daughter Mm -hmm. who finally bugged me into joining. And um, then I started getting conversations. And and what I enjoy is when people leave a comment, like uh, your hopes. Perfect example. So I, I used to run um, live seminars and I would do seminars on, on life or death or spirituality or, or dealing with anxiety, blah, blah, blah. And I, I did this one seminar on the afterlife, death and that whole thing. And this guy shows up and about halfway through the seminar after like, there's like, you know, 12, 15 people sitting there halfway through, he raises his hand. And he's like, I just want to say, I think you're completely full of shit. Right in the middle of the room with everybody else sitting there. Right. And what's interesting, I had a few clients that, that were there and they just, they just like lean forward to watch like, oh, what's Ray going to do with this? <laughs> right. And, and I was just like, well, that's really interesting. I don't mind. What do you mean? And we just started talking about it. And, and by the end of it, he just started spinning his wheels. He didn't know what to say because he just wanted to define himself by opposition. It wasn't that he had any actual uh, beef with what I was saying so much as it just wasn't what he wanted to believe about himself. And so eventually it got to the point where everybody recognized, okay, so this really isn't an opening into a conversation. You're not trying to perpetuate this. You're actually just making a definitive stance for the sake of self-validation. That's all you're doing, right? (laughs) And so that practice on TikTok is super useful. Being able to take a comment sit in it, go, it's not about me. Don't make it about me. And then address the comment for where it's coming from to address the comment from its intention, from its, from the point of clarity or confusion that it comes from without it being about me. I'm not trying to be right. I'm just saying that why are we settling on an answer just for the sake of comfort? Mm -hmm. And that's not the same as being right. I just want to keep talking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've, I've toyed with that idea and especially you know, with content and with putting ourselves out there of, of the judgment side of things and understanding that it really doesn't have anything to do with you. You know, people are using you as, as a, you know, vehicle reflection of themselves to post. And I've, I posted a video a couple of weeks ago related to this, talking about the difference between someone complimenting you and someone insulting you. And when someone compliments you and they're, they're very, you know, like clearly, in a good mood. We're like, wow, they must be they're a really nice person. They're like super happy. They're giving out compliments left and right. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the person who insults you, you're like, oh my gosh, I must have something wrong with me. And you put it on yourself versus putting on them instead of being like, oh, they're probably really unhappy right now in a dark place, et cetera, et cetera. And like just the the difference between those two things and how with the negative and same with, you know, dwelling on things, something amazing happens. It's, it's awesome. We experience it and we move on pretty quickly. Something, you know, negative, bad, horrible, whatever words are we happens. And there you go. Yeah. yeah that's the we, whole week. I'm going to think about this yeah. until the weekend and then find mm-hmm. a way to let it go. Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Religion's the same way. You know, something, something good happens to us. It's God's grace. Something bad happens to us, we're a sinner, right? It's the yeah. exact same way. Yeah. And, and these conversations, and I just want to say this because I know we're going to wrap up there shortly, but I want to say that these conversations are, are so important. They're so important because we're not, we're not trying to get anywhere with this conversation. You and I are not having this conversation thinking, oh, wow, this is going to make us so famous because we're talking about things <laughs> that nobody wants to talk about. We're having this conversation for the rare person who is watching this, digging into it, 
for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. We're having this conversation mm-hmm. because there are reflections of us like us that didn't have exposure to the influences that we had that got us to where we are. Like mm-hmm. I throw out seeds because when I was lost in hell, I didn't see any way out. There was nobody there. There was none of this content. Like um, the Celestine prophecy and Eckhart Tolle and all this other stuff didn't come out until after I got out of hell. So when I was in hell, I didn't recognize any of the things I was seeing as, as clear pointers out of that hell. All I had was Catholicism. All I had was religion and maybe some philosophy, but a bunch of people around me who didn't understand any of that. So mm-hmm. putting this content out there for the sake of it, for, for just saying, I'm going through this. This is what I've come up with. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, that's huge. It's, it's perpetuating a discussion for the discussion's point. Mm-hmm. So thank Definitely. you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, from my experience, I really do share things. I simply, my whole idea with, with all of my content has just been sharing things that have helped me and helped me deal with anxiety, fear, worry, all of, all of the emotions. And that's it. I'm, I'm not doing it necessarily. Although sometimes I'll say like, yeah, I just enjoy helping people. Like I'm not really doing it to help people. I'm simply sharing things that have helped me that currently help me. And part of the reason, like as much as I would love to, you know, be fully enlightened and whatnot, I do actually, a side of me is grateful that I still, you know, get nervous and worry about things and, you know, have a degree of fear of death though. It's probably gotten a lot better because I'm able to use those experiences, figure out things to help. Cause this, whenever I've gone through something difficult, like I'm always like, you know, on YouTube, reading books, like how to, how to work through it and trying to figure it out basically as quickly, as soon as I can. And so being able to go through those experiences personally and then come out the other side and then now having platforms to share that. And that's basically it. And a lot of what I've done recently, the past couple months, uh, past month or two, especially with, you know, this realization of, you know, non-duality and whatnot, like really, really allowing it to, to click, uh, sharing that. But even before that, I had a week that I was like, sort of in a sort of hell in my mind, intrusive thoughts. And as much as I knew that it wasn't me, I was aware of them. I was still very much identified with Andrew and all the thoughts had to do with him and him, you know, losing things in the eyes of the world. And although I wasn't necessarily taking it seriously, it was still there constantly. And it was because I was identified with him. And so I was sharing that I was going through having a shitty week and it's uh, struggling. And then when it clicked, I was like, you know, sharing that sort of experience. And I'm sure someone who, you know, maybe follows me closely probably saw that progression. And then since then it's been kind of very much just, I don't know, free, freeing i've i've felt lighter for sure i think that's so i would say that your content is vastly more helpful than a lot of the content that exists out there which is just regurgitating practiced uh insights or practiced steps because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to read a book by somebody else and and go okay i'm just going to follow these steps but that person went through things they're not communicating in that book. That person is communicating or that person is, is talking about insights that were derived from their day-to-day life. And we don't get that perspective. We see them as the spiritual guru, but they, they had a path to get there. Right. And it's the communication of that path that helps more than anything else, because now we're not tossing it out as a polished spiritual insight. That's immediately going to get you to enlighten. We're saying, 
this is going to help you crawl up that muddy hill a little bit faster. This is going to help you gain a little bit more traction as opposed to this is going to solve the problem. It's like, no, this is something that helped me. This is, this is something that's genuinely from my life. It's not something I've been told is the truth. This is something I've seen work. And, and that's where I try and, and do all of my content from. And, and I, I see the same in you because that's the only stuff that's real. Everything else becomes conceptual garbage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I've, I've had situations where someone's asked me, like, like a mother recently divorced has asked me, you know, you know, just went through a divorce. And I've said, as much as I want to help you, I do not feel like I'm in a place. I've never been through a divorce. I've never had kids. I've never, you know, how could I speak on that? And it's just like, it would simply be regurgitating things. And to a degree, when I'm struggling with something, I will, you know, I've read a lot of books. I've, I've listened to a lot of things. And so I do use a lot of the concepts that I've learned in my videos, but it's always related to me. So I'm speaking from it, like, you know, into my existence and through and through my understanding of it and how it's helped me. And I, I don't even, I couldn't even fathom necessarily posting something, just like taking, going through a random book and like finding the key pieces and just making a video about it. You know, I, I just, I've never really thought about it like that. Well, that's hugely telling. Like that, that's, that's so indicative of of who you are as a person, because that's exactly what a lot of people want to do when they're going through hell and they find something that makes them feel better and, and more importantly, reinforces their ego. It says, oh, you understand something that other people don't know. And so you almost want to go out and hold it up and say, look, this, this gives me value. Mm-hmm. And the whole time it's like, actually you're perpetuating the illusion. There's this uh, one TikTok creator. It's, it, I, I'm so impressed with this girl. Uh, a couple months ago, I think it was three or four months ago, I left a comment on her TikTok uh, video and she was talking about the Palladians and, and, and you know, star seeds and the aliens talking to us and this intergalactic war between heaven and hell and all this, this big advanced narrative. And so me being who I am, I'm just like, well, that's cute. You know, let, let's talk about that a bit. Right. And so we ended up in this very long conversation. It went on for, for a good couple of hours, just back and forth through direct messaging. We stopped talking. You know, she admitted like, yeah, okay. I, I see what you're saying. But if I, if I stop talking about this stuff, I'm going to lose all my followers. And then I just, I went, okay, well, that's up to you. Several months later, all of a sudden I run across a video where she's saying, I was so lost in myself that I was manipulating people into believing something that wasn't real because I needed to believe it myself. And it just, it it, it was so inspiring to see this person just have that moment of insight. Mm -hmm. And it's great, but this is why it's important to speak up. This is why Mm -hmm. it's important to challenge people because if we're always, it's like that expression, oh, we don't talk about religion and politics in in Pleasant Company. It's like, well, that's the best way to not grow, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're gonna talk about two things that are instrumental to our existence. We're not gonna talk about two things that are instrumental to our existence because Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. We need to talk about these things. Otherwise, we're Mm -hmm. not going to grow. And we need to address people who are participating in the illusion without recognizing that they are. And it's not out of judgment. It's not out of distaste. It's honestly out of empathy. It's like, I know what it's like to to be that lost and convince yourself you're not. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So that girl that you you commented on, was she, was she just like reading about things and making up, was she like making up sort of stories or, or she was following other TikTok creators who were making up stories. She was following very convincing 
um, confidence salesman, right? They were basically mm-hmm. saying like, oh no, I know this, I've experienced it. This is what I saw. Source told me this, messengers and all of that. And, and they're very convincing, especially when you want to believe it. When you want to believe it, you will. And, mm-hmm. and it isn't until you start realizing that, oh, I'm believing this for a reason. One thing I, I love to do is uh, taking something that's egotistical, like the, the concept of a star seed, and then pushing through it and going, why settle on star seed? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why limit yourself? And, and the immediate thought is, what do you mean? I'm, I'm saying I'm an intergalactic being. It's like, is that all? Right? Yeah. Like, let, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. And so you're almost mm-hmm. using the ego to defeat the ego. You're, uh-huh. you're saying like, you can have all the power and influence and, and freedom you want. You just have to abandon yourself. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> those, those, those concepts like star seeds and all of that, I have not dabbled in any of that whatsoever. It's never really resonated with me in a way that seems helpful necessarily. And I've just started getting into a little bit uh, of like Dolores Cannon type things. I don't know what your stance on her is, but it's not, not, no, (laughs) I, I avoid, I avoid channelers and I avoid channelers because what, what, what do you mean by channelers? People who are, are, uh, channeling other beings, people who are, are talking through, um, entities that are out in the universe. Dolores Cannon, uh, she did a lot of, uh, past life regression with her clients. She did a lot of talking to, um, external supernatural beings through her clients. And, and so she developed a lot of the narratives that she, she peddled as a result. Um, the only problem that I have with that is that if you look at, at Dolores Cannon specifically, if you look at her history, she always ended up finding just another insight that led to the next book, which led to the next seminars, which led to the next mm-hmm. profitable um, you know, package. And it was always just more narrative. It was always more the illusion of control. It's like you signed a contract before you came here saying everything that's going to happen in your life. And it's like, eh, no, not quite. Right. Or, you know, after you die, you're going to get to choose which life you're going to go to. It's eh, no, not quite. This is all yeah. reinforcing identity and control. This is all mm-hmm. reinforcing the fact that you can have what you want instead of letting go of what you want gives you everything you need. And, and mm-hmm. so there's, there's a problem with channelers in the fact that because they're not saying I'm the source of my insight, their message is irresponsible. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the problem. That's the only yeah. problem I ever have with it is the fact that because it's not coming from them, they're not telling their followers that it can come from them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So they're almost like withholding the power to a degree. And it seems like with her, cause my, my thing is like, I'll get very passionate about things very quickly and easily and sort of like assume like, Oh, that sort of makes sense. Oh, that sort of makes sense. And I kind of like, I find myself bouncing around, which, and like sort of changing my viewpoint on things, not like every day necessarily, mm-hmm. but just for an example, like I was super into like intermittent fasting way of eating and like one meal a day and thinking like, that's, that's the way, because there were a lot of, you know, doctors, not quote unquote doctors, like legitimate doctors who pushed that. And then I realized like, you know, they were kind of pushing an idea that isn't necessarily the, the truth, the full truth. And it's like, they were sort of making money off that, but because there were doctors, like it's, it's hard to sift through everything. And so, so for me, like, you know, with Thoris Cannon, her idea on death and this idea that, you know, we just chose all of our struggles before we live are like, Oh, that, 
So like, I kind of like initially I can be very skeptical with certain things, but then some things I'm, I'm less so like, mm-hmm. I'm not usually like, I'm sort of in the middle in that, like, I know that I don't know. I, I don't know anything for sure. I'm not I sure of anything I talk yeah. about and I try to stick to that above all. Yeah. Um, but it'll be like, Oh, like, I don't know about that. Or like, Oh, that seems great. And, and that's honest. And, yeah. That's honest. I mean, that's the whole thing is that you, at least you're saying I'm not sure. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. when I talk about things, it, it's, it's what I've seen, but I'm always saying outside of the present moment, nothing I'm saying is real. Like it's mm-hmm. always about what's here and now, but mm-hmm. it's always easy to, to want to follow somebody who says I have an answer because yeah. we have so many questions and mm-hmm. the understanding that our best self is when we exist without the need for an answer. That's mm-hmm. a tough one. That, that's really mm-hmm. hard. And it violates what every spiritual teacher has been apparently saying to us, which is, you know, follow me. Um, and which is often not what they're saying. I mean, like Buddha would say, you know, find your food in nature. Well, for you, that would be your Andrew nature, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that was the whole thing for me. It's my Ray nature. And, and that mm-hmm. like, it, we, we mistranslate all of this, right? It's like mm-hmm. Jesus was saying, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, it seems pretty straightforward unless you think you're an ego, in which case you mm-hmm. think your neighbor is separate from you. But he's literally saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, the answer is right there, yeah. but it's never... It's never reinforcing identity and control. That's the one thing I always watch for with any message is if it's trying to make me feel better, I'm immediately skeptical, Mm -hmm. right? Because awareness doesn't feel better. There's no safety Mm -hmm. in awareness at all. There's just um, faith in yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A video you had recently, a message like you are not here and now you are here and you are now that resonated with me a lot and this idea, you know, when people, and I think, you know, with, with Jesus's teachings, people have like literalized it for and like humanized these ideas of, of God and whatnot and this idea. And and it's, it's like, it almost frustrates me, but I know that it shouldn't like that. He, he had these thoughts, you know, things that we've talked about, on this video and that you talk about all the time and have been talking about for so long. And it's like everything in the last 2000 years, like that's what's come of him. It's like, yes ah, and no. Right. Because yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic and admittedly that destroyed a good portion of my life. But ever since waking up, I look back at, at, at Jesus as an example and there are some serious lessons there. There are things that I can learn from the insights that he shared. So it wasn't all negativity. What I always get a kick out of is the fact that he knew people were going to run with this in the wrong direction. That's why whenever he gave a parable, he would always say, let he who has ears to hear, hear. It's like, I know mm-hmm. some of you aren't getting this. I know mm-hmm. some of you are taking this the exact wrong way, but some of you have ears to hear. And I'm talking mm-hmm. for you. I love that part of the story. The fact that he mm-hmm. knew not everybody was going to get this. Mm-hmm. You know, like even Krishnamurti, by the time Krishnamurti died, somebody asked him, like, how many people do you think you've affected, truthfully? And he's like, I don't know, maybe five or ten. And he died in his 90s. Yeah. Right? So it's, you have to be in it for the long haul, right? Mm-hmm. And then that, it helps to know that we don't die. You know, somebody asked, like, uh, why do you make all these, these videos? Why do you spend so much time doing this? And it's like, well, why not? Right? It's because I, I, I can. That's why because I can and I have eternity. So buckle up because I'm Mm going to be doing a lot more.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And with, yeah, with a teacher like Jesus, I, I find a lot of his teachings extremely beneficial and helpful. And, and I think I was more so just saying with, with religion and, and he's sort of been, you know, worshiped as higher. And like, I don't think that's what he would have wanted in any means. And I saw, I did a Q and a on Instagram yesterday and someone asked if, if I'd ever think about starting a cult, they're looking for one. And I made a joke that, you know, I used to be in one, got out of it. It was called Catholicism and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I pre or like after that said, you know, I'm not anti-religion if religion, you know, makes you happy, helps you be a good person. It has some guiding principles that can be beneficial, but at the same time, if you are like, stop, try to stop telling people they need Jesus and realize like, you know, hot take. I don't think Jesus wanted to be worshiped. And it's just interesting after everything that he did, like, you know, there was this church and, and worshipers and it's becomes like such a massive part of our earth. Huge. It's, I don't know. It's such a dominant part of the narrative. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's why it's worth looking at is because it is such an interesting part or a dominant part of our narrative. There's so much of our reality that's formed around that narrative that there, there have to be some insights, but see, I'm because I, I I grew up and I, I started most of my awakening process through working through religion, through working through these conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no problems saying to religious people that if you're holding on to your religion, you're stopping your own growth, that if you're believing in a God, you've missed God entirely. And that Jesus did not see God the same way that you do, which makes it impossible for you to, to recognize the experience. I have no problem saying that to religious people because I know it, I know it Mm -hmm. through and through. And, And they'll say, well, you can't, you can't justify, you can't classify everybody. It's like, if you are conceptualizing God, you're not experiencing it. That's it. There's no other way around that. Any God you can believe in isn't God. Right? And they hate that point, especially when, when they say, well, no, I, you know, got to follow through Jesus Christ. It's like, I understand what you're saying, but you're saying it because you've never actually experienced God. You're telling me to follow somebody that you follow when I'm saying, I don't need to, God's right here. Mm-hmm. Right. Where are you going? Yeah. So do you believe that God, like God is, is the present God is being itself well, that's in that what, way? Or I really or like the, uh, the question, is, it, is there a God? And the answer, who's asking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause yeah. that's the yeah. point. God, God is what is, it's not mm-hmm. an entity that's separate. It's not, it's not something that we pray to. It's not something that we ask anything of. It's just what we are. God is what is. God is, is the universe in action. And we tend to take the expression God and go, oh, it's a person. It's an, it's an individual being. It's like, no, it's just a concept for who you are on your most limitless level. And mm-hmm. because when we think of that concept from a limited state of mind, we can't accept that. We, we can't even contemplate or, or, or um, entertain the idea that we could be caught in God because immediately it becomes an ego trip. And you'll hear that when you say, like, I am God's awareness, they'll go, oh, you think everybody, think everything revolves around you. It's like, yes and no. Like, it's a, <laughs> it's a more complicated conversation than that. It's not just, yeah. I am God, I rule supreme. But I always find it very telling that any hierarchical mind, any mind that is egotistical, will look at God as being higher in the hierarchy, as opposed mm-hmm. to being God being the great equalizer that is everybody. Yeah, like the higher 
being. And another question I get, I don't mean to keep you on yeah. here too long, but another question I get with, with, you know, there being a higher power and people like, Oh, I don't necessarily believe in God, but I believe in a higher power and, you know, a creator, if there is no creator, then how did this all happen? And, and earlier you said like, this is what has always been. It has always been, and it will always be. It is existence. Okay. And so I don't know if this is like beyond our, our dimension almost or, or what, but the idea that like, how could there, how could all of this be without a creator and, and where did it, so I made where a video come about from? this. That's a great, that's a great point. And so the Christian argument is typically, if you see a building that implies that there was a creator, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the argument, or at least my argument is true, unless you see the building building itself. Right. And that's the mm -hmm. thing. Like we think creator and created, which are dualistic concepts. There, there's a separation mm -hmm. there. Right. And in the same as the observer and the observed. And mm -hmm. they're just dualistic illusions. We're trying once again to, to describe something that's unitary. There is no creator separate from the created because the creator is the created. Mm -hmm. Right. There's nothing yeah. but what is. And, and so mm -hmm. it's it's very hard to, to picture that because it's like, well, God's creating the universe. It's like, yeah, you're right. Here I am doing it each and every one of us are doing it we're all instruments of change we're all instruments of influence every moment adapts according to all of our collective ripples so we are god we are the creator and the creation in one because neither one apply right mm -hmm. the beginning and the, the beginning and the end is now yeah is that is that like the idea of the eternal now that's and, all that is that's all yeah. that is right no matter when it is it's now no matter when it is. And you can't ever get out of that because that's true for everything. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why I always find it funny when people are, when people say I'm having problems being present, it's like, actually you're not, you're always present. You can't really help it. You're just denying it, avoiding it, thinking about it, analyzing it. You're like, you're doing everything except uh -huh. being in it, but it's yeah. what is right. So, mm -hmm. and that's why surrender is such a big part of this journey that we call spiritual because mm -hmm. You're just surrendering to reality. You're surrendering mm -hmm. the the need to think about reality and you're just accepting that you're a part of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we make that into big metaphysical concepts like faith and humility and, and, and following God and all that. But really, it's just being real. It's just being who you are without mm -hmm. analyzing that and, and compartmentalizing that and categorizing that. And nothing really changes in our day-to-day -day life. That's what's interesting is that people are like, well, how will life change if I'm enlightened? It doesn't outside of, of the fact that you just don't think about things as much. You know, it's like um, there was a Zen master who was asked, how has life changed since you achieved enlightenment? And he's like, when I wake up, I wake up. When I do the dishes, I do the dishes. You know, when I sleep, I dream. Mm -hmm. That was it. It's just there's no inner dialogue. Nothing mm -hmm. else has changed. The why I do things has changed, but the doing things has not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've toyed with with ideas and recently, especially I've been sort of in and out of that experience of, you know, being aware, just like aware of if, if I get an internal dialogue, just very much being aware of it and disidentified from it and my emotions as well. And I've toyed with, you know, videos talking about like, you know, what if, what would be the difference if this was a video game? And everything was the same, but this was a video game or, you know, a, a simulation or whatever. And in 
I feel like the difference would be the internal dialogue. Yep. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that. It would just be, everything was exactly the same. Like what else is there? You know, like, Oh, why don't I just, you know, kill someone. And it's like, well, if you want to spend the video game in jail, like, or dealing with that, that guilt, but yeah. you're going to still deal with that. Or like, I don't know, I just kill myself. It's like, if you want to stop playing, like it doesn't really change no matter which way you put it. And it's like, why can't I fly? And it's like, well, maybe this video game, you can't fly, you know, like, why does it, yeah. all of these questions are like, I think really the only difference is that you have less of a association and identification with your body and, and mind and, and ego. And I've tried to express that in different ways through that sort of like, what if this is just a video game? Like what would really change? And I think that's the main thing. And it helps me. That's the reason I post is because I think like that sometimes. And I'm like, what if this is, what is the difference really? And I don't find many besides, besides that. It's the overcommitment right? It's how seriously we take it. And that's, that's the only thing I always say about ego. It's like, you're not trying to kill your ego. You're trying to understand it. You're trying to, to stop taking it as truth. That's it. Once you see through it, you can use it. You can play with it. You can have fun with it. You can laugh at it. You can do whatever you want, but as soon as it's the truth, now you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that's the whole thing. And so if you've never seen it, um, watch, uh, there was a stand up comedy skit with, uh, Bill Hicks. I don't know if you've ever seen Bill Hicks, but I don't just look so. up uh, on YouTube, look up Bill Hicks. It's just a ride. It was the, the last bit of one of his stand-up uh, comedy specials. And he talks very much about the fact it's just a ride. Mm-hmm. Right. And we take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and it's exactly in line with what you're saying. You're going to love it. He was so ahead of his time. The man was brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really good. So, yeah. And um, I will leave you on that note. We'll wrap up here in a few minutes. Is there anything else you would like to cover? And I do hope we'll do this again soon. Yeah, I I would love to do this again. I've really enjoyed um, this. Yeah, I mean, I had some questions written down. I think I pretty much, we pretty much covered a lot of what I was hoping we would talk about. Um, Yeah, I'm going through, I had like seven questions written down. Uh, I guess one is the difference between, you know, personal responsibility and societal or, you know, planetary responsibility, like, and, and social responsibility of, of helping others versus helping yourself. And a lot of people will, I'll post a video and I, I tend to lean towards personal responsibility. And I think a lot of times thinking that, you know, you, you can impact the world is like, are you impacting it as, you know, this ego wanting to build itself up as an impactful ego, or are you actually trying to help? And, and I, from my experience and and what I try to do is impact those closer to me, like your circle, and then maybe expand from there, you know, rather than trying to, save the entire planet at once. It's like, try to save your community in that way and work from there. But people will get angry about things like that. Like we need to save the planet. The planet is dying and do all these things. And it's like, what is truly, what is the true impact of that? Actually, if you're 
a celebrity flying a private jet to go speak about saving the planet, you know? Like that's right. Or if you're judging everybody who doesn't agree with you and causing more division as a result, how does Mm -hmm. that change anything? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the thing is that we can try to force people to change, but that doesn't work. I mean, that this is why eventually compassion will eventually become fascism long enough. Um, Mm -hmm. because you know, even, even Hitler was against, um, animal cruelty, for example. Right. Like, so just because we want to create a positive change doesn't necessarily mean that we're coming from a positive place. And so your, your strategy of, of dealing with how you respond, because to me, responsibility is that it's how we respond to each and every moment. So if I'm responding out of a mentality that's divisive or, or lost in illusion, then I'm going to create distortion. I'm going to create more division in all of my, in all of the ripples that I create. But if I can take responsibility for that response and find insights that bring me back to my authenticity, then I'm always perpetuating that authenticity, that unity, that compassion, that empathy, that is a result of being in that state in every conversation I have. And it's not through deliberately trying to do so. It's just because that's who I am. And Mm -hmm. it has that impact as a result. But that is the only organic way that change really does happen because you can, you know, pick up a picket sign, go down to a, to a riot and say, you know, I'm against this and not change yourself at all. So then you go back into the world and you continue to perpetuate the mentality that caused that problem to begin with, because we are the world, right? What mm-hmm. we think individually is what is expressed collectively. We are the world. And as we change individually, we change each other individually and the world changes accordingly. But we always want to take the band-aid approach. We always want to go, oh, that's a problem. Let's just fix that. It's like, no, that problem manifested because of the toxicity at the root of mm-hmm. this system. And that toxicity comes from our mentality. So to try and put a band-aid on it is more, more or less an avoidance of trying to change yourself. It's so easy to get into groups and say, oh, you've all got to change the world, but I'm mm-hmm. going to con- continue doing what I'm doing. And I'm going to continue mm-hmm. thinking what I'm thinking. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not how this works. It's comfortable. It's a good way yeah. of pointing the finger, but mm-hmm. it's not going to change a thing. Distraction from, yeah, definitely. Right. And that's, that's a tough one for people to take. And Krishnamurti was really good for that. I don't know if you've read any Krishnamurti, but if you get a chance. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. He's, he's pretty intense. It's, it's a tough read though. It's um, he's pretty razor's edge. He was hard to take towards the end of his life. A lot of people uh, just avoided it because he doesn't give you anything to settle on. He doesn't give you any certainty. He's like, why do you need it? Let's talk about Mm -hmm. that. It, yeah. it's, it's such a good dialogue. You, you'll really enjoy it, especially if you like Alan Watts. But Krishnamurti doesn't have the humor that Watts did. He was mm-hmm. way more serious. So if you want a good okay. laugh, go back to mm-hmm. Watts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say sounds a lot like Alan Watts there with uh, with those that sort of dialogue. And, and he talks a lot about that with with Buddhism, that it's essentially just a dialogue back and forth. And and coming to it. And I guess that points back to what you were kind of been saying this whole time that it's, it's about yourself and figuring out for yourself that there isn't anyone there to give you the answer. It's, it's finding it within you and there are pointers and there are conversations and, you know, there are people out there trying to help point to it, but at the end of the day, it seems like there aren't as many answers as, as we would like. (laughs) That's right. None, none that will, that will help us as much as we'd like them to. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's it. Is Definitely. it accepting, right. All I can do is keep going. Mm-hmm. That's it. And if once you get that and you stop judging your progress, then you start to find your stride. Right. And in, uh, in Kung Fu, I used to, I used to teach Wing Chun and um, I used to always tell my students, 
don't judge your progress because they would always come up to me and go, I don't feel like I'm making any advancements. I don't feel like I'm getting better at this, but because I've been doing it for 10 years, I could see what they're doing and I could see the improvements. They can't because they don't have the context yet. Uh And the same is true with life, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have the context. It's the same with squirrels, right? And I'm just going to throw this in there to wrap up the video. Um, Squirrels lose like half their nuts that that they collect. And Mm -hmm. they're very frustrated by that. They don't understand why that happens to them. And yet that's how forests get planted. So there's Mm -hmm. a bigger picture happening. And I mean, Mm -hmm. what are we, if not squirrels, frustrated about losing our nuts from time to time, right? (laughs) I love that analogy so much. Yeah, that's awesome.